Section 97 of Mark Twain A Biography. Volume 2. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain A Biography by Albert Bigelow Payne. Chapter 201 Social Life in Vienna. Clemens no longer worried about finances, and, full of ideas and prospects, was writing now at a great rate, mingling with all sorts of social events, lecturing for charities, and always in the limelight. I have abundant peace of mind again, no sense of burden. Work is become a pleasure. It is not labor any longer. He was the lion of the Austrian capital, and it was natural that he should revel in his new freedom and the universal tribute. Mrs. Clemens wrote that they were besieged with callers of every description. Such funny combinations are here sometimes. One duke, several counts, several writers, several barons, two princes, newspaper women, etc. I find so far, without exception, that the high-up aristocracy are simple and cordial and agreeable. When Clemens appeared as a public entertainer, all society turned out to hear him, and introductions were sought by persons of the most exclusive rank. Once a royal introduction led to an adventure. He had been giving a charity reading in Vienna, and at the end of it was introduced with Mrs. Clemens to Her Highness Countess Bardi, a princess of the Portuguese royal house by marriage, and sister to the Austrian Archduchess Maria Teresa. They realized that something was required after such an introduction, that, in fact, they must go within a day or two and pay their respects by writing their names in the visitor's book, kept in a sort of anteroom of the royal establishment. A few days later, about noon, they drove to the archducal palace, inquired their way to the royal anteroom, and informed the grandly uniformed portier that they wished to write their names in the visitor's book. The portier did not produce the book, but summoned a man in livery and gold lace, and directed him to take them upstairs, remarking that Her Royal Highness was out, but would be in presently. They protested that Her Royal Highness was not looking for them, that they were not calling, but had merely come to sign the visitor's book. But he said, you are americans are you not yes we're americans then you are expected please uh, go upstairs mrs clemens said oh no we, we are not expected there is some mistake please let us sign the book and we will go away but it was no use he insisted that her royal highness would be back in a very little while that she had commanded him to say so, and that they must wait. They were shown upstairs, Clemens going willingly enough, for he scented an adventure, but Mrs. Clemens was far from happy. They were taken to a splendid drawing-room, and at the doorway she made her last stand, refusing to enter. She declared that there was certainly some mistake, and begged them to let her sign her name in the book and go, without parleying. It was no use. Their conductor insisted that they remove their wraps and sit down, which they finally did. Mrs. Clemens miserable, her husband in a delightful state of anticipation. Writing of it to Twitchell that night, he said, I was hoping and praying that the princess would come and catch us up there, and that 
those other americans who were expected would arrive and be taken as impostors by the portier and be shot by the sentinels and then it would all go into the papers and be cabled all over the world and make an immense stir and be perfectly lovely livy was in a state of mind she said it was too theatrically ridiculous and that i would never be able to keep my mouth shut that i would be sure to let it out and it would get into the papers and she tried to make me promise promise what i said to be quiet about this indeed i won't it's the best thing ever happened i'll tell it and add to it and i wish joe and howells were here to make it perfect i can't make all the rightful blunders by myself it takes all three of us to do justice to an opportunity like this i would just like to see howells get down to his work and explain and lie and work his futile and inventionless subterfuges when that princess comes raging in here and wanting to know but livy could not bear fun it was not a time to be trying to be funny we were in a most miserable and shameful situation and it just then the door spread wide and our princess and four more and three little princes flowed in our princess and her sister the archduchess maria teresa mother to the imperial heir and to the two young girl archduchesses present and aunt to the three little princes and we shook hands all around and sat down and had a most sociable time for half an hour and by and by it turned out that we were the right ones and had been sent for by a messenger who started too late to catch us at the hotel we were invited for two o'clock but we beat that arrangement by an hour and a half wasn't it a rattling good comedy situation seems a kind of pity we were the right ones it would have been such nuts to see the right ones come and get fired out and we chatting along comfortably and nobody suspecting us for impostors mrs clemens to mrs crane of course i know that i should have curtsied to her imperial majesty and not quite so deep to her royal highness and that mr clemens should have kissed their hands but it was all so unexpected that i had no time to prepare and if i had had i should not have been there i only went in to help mr c with my bad german when our minister's wife is going to be presented to the archduchess she practices her curtsying beforehand they had met royalty in simple american fashion and no disaster had followed 
we have already made mention of the distinguished visitors who gathered in the clemens apartments at the hotel metropole they were of many nations and ranks it was the winter in london of twenty-five years before over again only mark twain was not the same then he had been unsophisticated new not always at his ease now he was the polished familiar of courts and embassies at home equally with poets and princes authors and ambassadors and kings such famous ones were there as virischegen liskitsky mark hamburg dvorak lembach and yokai with diplomats of many nations a list of foreign names may mean little to the american reader but among them were negra of italy parati of portugal lerenhaupt of sweden and geeky of rumania the queen of rumania carmen silva a poetess in her own right was a friend and warm admirer of mark twain the princess metternich and madame de laskowska of poland were among those who came and there were nansen and his wife and campbell bannerman who was awarded british premier also there was spiridon the painter who made portraits of clara clemens and her father and other artists and potentates the list is too long those were brilliant notable gatherings and are remembered in vienna today they were not always entirely harmonious for politics was in the air and differences of opinion were likely to be pretty freely expressed clemens and his family as americans did not always have a happy time of it it was the eve of the spanish-american war and most of continental europe sided with spain austria in particular was friendly to its related nation and from every side the clemenses heard how america was about to take a brutal and unfair advantage of a weaker nation for the sole purpose of annexing cuba charles langdon and his son jervis happened to arrive in vienna about this time bringing straight from america the comforting assurance that the war was not one of conquest or annexation but a righteous defense of the weak mrs clemens gave a dinner for them at which besides some american students were mark hamburg gabrilovich and the great leskitsky himself leskitsky an impetuous and eloquent talker took this occasion to inform the american visitors that their country was only shamming that cuba would soon be an american dependency no one not born to the language could argue with leskitsky clemens once wrote of him he is a most capable and felicitous talker was born for an orator i think what life energy fire in a man past seventy and how he does play he is easily the greatest pianist in the world he is just as great and just as capable today as ever he was last sunday night at dinner with us he did all the talking for three hours and everybody was glad to let him he told his experiences as a revolutionist fifty years ago in forty eight and his battle pictures were magnificently worded poetzel had never met him before he is a talker himself and a good one 
but he merely sat silent and gazed across the table at this inspired man and drank in his words and let his eyes fill and the blood come and go in his face and never said a word whatever may have been his doubts in the beginning concerning the cuban war mark twain by the end of may had made up his mind as to its justice when theodore stanton invited him to the decoration day banquet to be held in paris he replied i thank you very much for your invitation and i would accept if i were foot free for i should value the privilege of helping you do honor to the men who re-welded our broken union and consecrated their great work with their lives and also i should like to be there to do homage to our soldiers and sailors of to-day who are enlisted for another most righteous war and utter the hope that they may make short and decisive work of it and leave cuba free and fed when they face for home again and finally i should like to be present and see you interweave those two flags which more than any others stand for freedom and progress in the earth flags which represent two kindred nations each great and strong by itself competent sureties for the peace of the world when they stand together that is to say the flags of england and america to an austrian friend he emphasized this thought the war has brought england and america close together and to my mind that is the biggest dividend that any war in this world has ever paid if this feeling is ever to grow cold again i do not wish to live to see it and to twichell whose son david had enlisted you are living your war days over again in dave and it must be strong pleasure mixed with a sauce of apprehension i have never enjoyed a war even in history as i am enjoying this one for this is the worthiest one that was ever fought so far as my knowledge goes it is a worthy thing to fight for one's own country it is another sight finer to fight for another man's and i think this is the first time it has been done but it was a sad day for him when he found that the united states really meant to annex the philippines and his indignation flamed up he said when the united states sent word to spain that the cuban atrocities must end she occupied the highest moral position ever taken by a nation since the almighty made the earth but when she snatched the philippines she stained the flag End of chapter 201, Social Life in Vienna, read by John Greenman.